Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, XM Channel 80. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Jordan Cornett. And we are going to talk a lot more about the Miami Heat's Game 2 victory in the NBA Finals last night. We're going to hear more from Jimmy Butler about his team evening the series as the series shifts back to Miami for Game 3. We're going to talk a lot more about Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach, and the comments you just heard there about his perceived lack of effort from his team. A lot more NBA Finals talk coming up next. But right now, Jordan and I want to stick with the topic we just had last segment. We were talking about this documentary that's coming out. It's called Swamp Things. It's going to be released in August, and it's a documentary about the 2006 through 2009 Florida Gators, the Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow era, of course, Aaron Hernandez on that team as well. A lot of storylines, I'm sure, that's going to be covered in that documentary, and we wanted to hear from you. 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Is there a sports documentary that you would like to see out there that doesn't exist? Jordan, uh, for those who weren't around last segment, what were some of the examples that you threw out there number one would have to be the bubble with the association in 2020 just start that thing with when basketball stopped in utah which kind of was the the kind of eye-opening moment for the world and like oh this covid thing is happening take me through the process how they decided on the bubble take me through you know the movement that was going on uh, across the country and the unrest how that was handled in the bubble give me jr smith how he was getting down in the bubble Give me Lou Williams going to the club for the lemon pepper wings, how that was handled, and then ultimately ending with the title. From there, as a Cincinnati guy, I want a Pete Rose documentary. Absurd that he's not in the Hall of Fame, one of the best hitters to ever live, has the all-time hits uh, leader he is. Sticking with baseball, Wade Boggs, those 107 beers he supposedly had on that cross-country <laughs> flight. I want that story told. Ric Flair, larger than life, all that swag. Give me a documentary on The Wrestler. And then Urban Meyer, let's stay there. Urban Meyer, 2021, the train wreck that was in Jacksonville. I want to hear just how bad it was. I feel like watching Vanderpump Rules and Scandal. I want that in my life. Those are the ones that come to mind for me. How about you, Michelle? Oh, first of all, that would be Vanderpump Rules style. They would be talking to patrons that were at the bar in Ohio that Urban Meyer was at and people that saw him there. I can only imagine some of the juicy gossip that we'd get out of that Urban Meyer and Jacksonville documentary. But for me, Jordan, I really want a Tiger Woods. I know there's already a Tiger Woods documentary out there, but I want a Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Last Dance style documentary. I want Tiger Woods, in his own words, holding the iPad, taking us through certain moments in his career. I want to hear him sit down and take us through everything in his career on and off the golf course. I I would just love for Tiger to put together something like that himself. Being from St. Louis, Jordan, the biggest uh, documentary topic in my lifetime, I think if I could put something together, is the Rams being ripped from St. Louis recently, how that whole thing went down, uh, the secret vote for the first time in NFL history that the NFL owners had, St. Louis winning the lawsuit against Stan Kroenke in the NFL, $790 million. You want to relive all that? You want to see it again and have your heart rebroken once more? 
You want to know why, Jordan? I would love, maybe I'm an emotional masochist. I don't know. But I just think there are so many sports fans out there that don't know how this went down. They don't know all the intricacies that had to happen behind the scenes and how long this was planned out and how the poor sports fans of St. Louis, the Rams fans who showed up, even though the team was 15 and 65, that's the worst, it's tied for the worst five-year stretch of football in NFL history, and the fans continued to support all of the things that were happening, and St. Louis had no chance to ever keep that team. And I just think people would be very surprised about how it all went down, and I think it's a cautionary tale for other NFL fans. If you want them connect- to face the music. Face you know, I'm just music. saying. Explain I'm just saying it's, it's it's like the great American poet Christopher Wallace. St. Louis also has a story to tell. Just like Biggie, wow. we have got a story you. to tell, and hey, I would like come to hear on. it. Frank White dropped his <laughs> name out here. I love it. Street cred on tens, Michelle. Uh, there we go. Okay, well, let's head to the phone lines. Lance in Ohio, what sports documentary do you want to see that doesn't exist? I want to see one on the tattoo scandal with the Buckeyes. I mean. I know you're supposed to keep your rings and your jewelry and everything. That's, you know, that's just something you're supposed to do. But, I mean, they won them. They was theirs. They traded them for some tattoos. If you look how everything with NIL is today, I mean, that would be nothing. And, you know, Urban Meyer's perfect season. We could have won the national championship that year. Terrell Pryor had to leave. It just it gets hurt real bad for really nothing. Yeah, that cost, if memory serves me correctly, that cost Jim Tressel, Lance, and that involved Boom Heron, Terrell Pryor, Devere Posey, some real standout guys. And what's really fascinating about that one, Michelle, because I, you know, Ohio native, my mother's a Buckeye. I went to Notre mm-hmm. Dame, so I don't root for Ohio State, but a lot of my good buddies went there. Some of my best friends played ball there. Was the fact that those guys now are looking at all this NIL and, and people making money off their likeness, and these guys got in trouble for what so many athletes were doing everywhere, even in that time, trading their memorabilia and tattoos in exchange for tickets and money. It, this is what guys were doing that didn't have the, the, the means, and they were using that to have some extra liquid, to have some cash in their pocket, a little bit of scratch, and it cost so many people, and now those guys are trying to fight for reinstate our records, reinstate <laughs> our wins, because – this is now looked at as nothing. I know they violated a rule then, but in the grand scheme of things, it didn't even feel bad then, and it certainly is a nothing burger now. So I wonder how that part gets addressed, but I do remember that scandal well. I remember it well in in addition to you. I was going to say I remember it well as well, but that sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, but I remember at the time, Jordan, just like you being like, really? This is what we're concerned about? I know it's... It's technically a rule, but it just felt so overblown. And I would love to hear the in. I'm with Lance. I would love to hear the inside intel on how this was discovered, what everyone's was re- reactions were internally when it was found out. I think that would be a great documentary. All right, yeah. let's get to a- another call. How about Matthew in Georgia? Hey, um, so I I think Stinson Bennett would be an amazing option. Um, I don't know if it would necessarily be a perfect documentary, but um, maybe a movie, but just his story alone, um, going from not being a scholarship player, transferring, coming back to his, uh, his home team, and uh, winning two natties. Um, I mean, I think that would be a perfect option for a ESPN documentary. Yeah, I love it. Stinson Bennett's story is an incredible one uh, for certain. I, I think that would be a fascinating one, no question, uh, to celebrate. Uh, what a run he had, huh, Michelle? 
absolutely. It's a story that you couldn't really write. It, it, at the time, we were calling it a storybook um, situation with Stetson Bennett. And I think that that would be not only a great documentary, but I think that's a great movie that somebody should actually do, like a Disney movie, for, for example, if any of the Disney execs are listening. I think the Stetson Bennett story would make a great film. Yeah, and, and the swag. I mean, he went from a guy you look at, you go, really? To a guy that played with so much swag. Those teams were so loaded. He was so offensively talented. And he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats in Bulldogs history. 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. We're going to continue to take your calls throughout the show. What sports documentary you would want to watch that's not already out there. But, Jordan, let's pivot back to Game 2 in the NBA Finals. Last night, you had the Heat Evening up the series, they beat the Denver Nuggets as the the series shifts back to Miami for Game 3. But as you watched that game last night, what were some of your observations from the Miami Heat? How were they able to take Game 2? Adjustments is what stands out first and foremost. Uh, A lot of conversation about defensively what the Heat did and throwing Jimmy Butler uh, on Jamal Murray, blitzing ball screens, making him get rid of the basketball a little bit faster. Uh, deeming him the head of the snake, which we heard Steve Kerr talk to Draymond Green about on Draymond's podcast. Uh, That was true. That happened. That's why Joker became uh, even more inflated of a scorer and less of a distributor because he was getting that ball quicker as a dive guy, uh, injecting him into earlier scoring and easier scoring opportunities. So it wasn't make Joker a scorer as opposed to a passer. It was actually a domino effect of blitzing Jamal Murray as the head of the snake. That was a big part of this. Secondly, uh, in no specific order, but things that stood out to me was the aggression and the physical nature in which the Heat played with. They met the, 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 they met the level and superseded the level of physicality from Denver that overwhelmed them in game one. And then finally, arguably the biggest observation of all, the most obvious, is those shooters came to play. Max Strews shot out of a cannon early on. Those four threes in that first quarter, massive. Gabe Vincent continues to be great. Averaging 21 in the series has been the most consistent scorer in the finals for the Heat. And then Duncan Robinson, the confidence to take over after being a a non-factor in three quarters, scoring 10 massive points in that fourth quarter, uh, was huge for this group. Caleb Martin contributed as well. Kevin Love is a starter in this Mm -hmm. game. Ultimately, the Heat made shots. And when they made those shots, it caused Denver to be in scramble mode. Blown coverages, running all over the place chasing shooters a tick too late on the contests. And that small ball three-point play approach was able to propel Miami to taking control in game two and evening this series and shifting momentum to Miami as they head home to Miami. And Jordan, if if you didn't know the outcome of the game and the headline that you saw was that Nikola Jokic had 41 points in this game, what would you think that the, that the final uh, outcome would be? I would have to watch, and I, and it goes back to, you know, Ramona Shelburne, and I believe we have that sound, which I think is worth listening to here, Michelle, before I answer that. It was an interaction between Coach Spo and Ramona Shelburne post-game in Game 2. Let's take a listen to that, and then I'll address what you're asking for me. Hey, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when teams play against Jokic, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. He only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. That's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. You know, we try to do things the hard way. 
um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Man, we, he has our full respect. So first, hate that from Spo. Uncharacter- <laughs> uncharacteristic of Spo to be that demeaning to somebody as respected as Ramona, who is as respected in these circles as a media person as any. Uh, that eye is trained from Ramona. Ramona was asking the question to speak to 99% of the viewers that maybe couldn't identify the answer to that question so readily, so she wanted to lay it out for those as she wrote or spoke on her platforms, the various ones, because she's so talented. Now to answer your question, Michelle, and also the one in a different way presented from Ramona, because I think there's a tie in there. It's a great question. What Spo should have said was, maybe not everybody can connect these dots, but this is what we were doing. We, in fact, did not change our coverages at all. What we did was blitz Jamal Murray a little bit earlier, which had him give up the ball earlier in ball screens quicker, which then put the Joker in more scoring opportunities. But there was nothing that our team did defensively that was as simple as let Joker score and not be a passer. That observation is too simplistic just because he had more points and less assists. It's what got him in scoring positions to eliminate assists but put him in scoring it. What we did was blitz Murray. It was about Jamal Murray and how we Mm -hmm. defended him and a trickle-down effect from there. That's how Spo, I wish, would have answered it rather than be so aggressive in nature and dismissing one of the best in the business in Ramona. I hated that. I'm, I'm with you because I was one of those people who wanted to know the answer to that question. I'm looking at it the same way Ramona was phrasing it and wondering if this was intentional specifically to just disrupt this one part of his game. You know, you're looking at the numbers, Jordan, that are coming out of this. The Nuggets, they're 0-3 when Joker scores 40 or more points during the playoffs. They're 13-1 and when he score, scores fewer than 40. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info. And when the, his facilitating was disrupted, it clearly impacts the outcome of the game. So I'm with you in the fact that I I know she was phrasing it in a way to get the correct answer to then project it to people like me and a lot of people listening today. So um, I'm I'm glad that we got an answer from him, but I wish that he would have phrased it a little bit differently as well. Absolutely. And Michelle, look, this had a direct impact on the game because Mm -hmm. when you have Jamal Murray having to release the ball earlier and finding his leading man and the joker in scoring opportunities early on, That is then removing shots from other guys like a KCP, like an MPJ, uh, like a Bruce Brown that get more involved the more they're involved offensively, the more engaged they are defensively. So it has a myriad of positive impacts for the Heat and their approach because, again, head of the snake, they identified it as Jamal Murray, the guy who can truly get off but is controllable. They are elected to say, we ain't stopping the joker, so let's try and go get Jamal. And in doing that, it made Joker a more active scorer, even more so than he usually is, more productive to a more robust number. But it also eliminated his, yes, ability to distribute because he was already injected into scoring opportunities. Those scores, auxiliary scores, complementary pieces, aren't getting their touches, aren't as engaged defensively. Those are continual domino-level impacts that positively impact the game in the Heat's favor. It all started with how they defended Murray. Ramona was on to something. She was done a disservice in the response from Spo because it was an opportunity to teach, and maybe he didn't want to do that because he's worried about moving forward and winning in the series. But how he handled it was very unlike Spo, and I would not be surprised, knowing the class act he is, if he doesn't address this. Our ESPN NBA analyst Brian Windhorst was on Get Up, and he talked about how, how Miami's approach impacted Denver in Game 2. 
There might be something to the Heat strategy of letting Jokic go ahead and score all the points and that he is averaging 41 points this postseason and the Nuggets losses. If I showed you the numbers, the Nuggets were still great on offense last night. It wasn't like they failed to score just because the Heat sort of forced Jokic into shooting. But there might be something about the Nuggets overall as a team where they're better defensively when everybody's involved, when they have more of a democratic process because they were a little sluggish defensively last night and Malone really got into them after the game and we'll have to see how that plays out going into game three. And Jordan, we heard from Nuggets head coach Michael Malone after the game, and he said this is an effort issue and that it was a concerning point for him knowing that we're here at game two in the NBA Finals and he has to address the effort of his team. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. He's Jordan Cornette. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. And coming up next, we see that the phone lines are full. Everybody's wanting to weigh in on the topic that we had at the top of the hour. What sports documentary do you want to see? We were talking about the... Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, Florida Gator documentary that's coming out. And we want to know which documentary you want to hear. We're going to get to those fo- those calls next after Jordan has this from Omaha Stakes. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Alongside passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Jordan Cornett, I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can always get in touch with us on Twitter at ESPN Radio. You can follow me at M. Smallman, and, of course, follow Jordan at Jordan Cornett. 
We want to hear from you, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Jordan and I have been talking about this documentary called Swamp Kings. It is going to follow the Florida football program through its most successful era, 2006 through 2009. Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, all of the stuff that happened on and off the field. It's going to be a good one. And Jordan, it's coming out in August. I wish that this was coming out right now. This, this is the problem with... Having access to content all the time is I don't want to wait until August. Yeah, especially when these NBA finals get over with. You're going to be clamoring for something. I mean, obviously baseball will be going on, but you'll be in the doldrums of it, not near any playoff chase yet. So you'll be fiending for something with some drama. No question this will provide that and some because there's so many different avenues of intrigue as it pertains to the Urban Meyer era uh, with the Tim Tebow side of it, with Aaron Hernandez and – you know, the, the stuff he was or wasn't into back then, uh, which seemed very dark. But, you know, you had some great players back then, too, like a Percy Harvin, uh, just how masterful he was on the field. These guys were rock stars back when it still felt like college athletes kind of held that level of, you know, intrigue and fascination. So it'll be really fun to watch. Is your mouth watering yet? Oh, okay. sure is. Hey, you know what? That'll be the last read I do on, this, on, the, on these airwaves. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's going to follow you for a long Seriously. time, my friend. <laughs> Try to be a company man and what happens? <laughs> oh, man. Now my mouth is watering, too, thinking about it, Jordan. You're really you're selling it well. Oh, I've got to give gosh. you some props. 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. What sports documentary do you want to see that doesn't exist? Justin in New Orleans. Yeah, it's probably not much of a national one, but for us here, I would say the story of Ed Orgeron because he replaced a legend in Les Miles, a fan favorite. It was a fiasco. They fired him. They didn't fire him. Then they did fire him. Um, Ed Orgeron, the career interim coach guy, got the local job, made it, probably built the greatest college football team ever assembled. Yes, sir. Went out and got Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, and lost it all in one offseason. I love that one, Justin. Uh, I, just as a quick caveat, I would love to watch that documentary. I'd probably have to watch it with subtitles on to understand <laughs> Coach O for the entirety of a documentary. I love Coach O. think he's an unbelievable coach. It's a great story. He's a champion. Uh, the story of, of the rise and fall of Coach O at LSU is a documentary-worthy story, but I'm going to need some subtitles, Jordan. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I do think that that's a national story. I, I I appreciate Adam thinking, you know, it might just be regional to those down in Louisiana, but this guy captivated the nation. I mean, he was just different. He had a different approach to it. He was one of theirs. You know, he, he sounded different. He had the, the, the southern twang that uh, was identified with that region, and he won, and he built a team that was ridiculously loaded, uh, but then it, the waters got murkied, and it's not very clear exactly what went on there, uh, but there were some unsavory things, and it led to a point with kind of the ho-hum, matter-of-fact way he approached things was how it all went down in the end, too, where Coach came in and met with the athletic director, Steve Wood, uh, Woodward, in 2021, and he said, Coach, you've got $17 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. And Eddie O said, what day do you want me to leave <laughs> and what door do you want me out of? I'll take it and I'll move along. And that's just kind of who he was. Wouldn't you, though? $17 million? Just chill? Yes, I'll take that. He probably never thought, despite the you know the great things he did in Miami and, and the defensive line guy dealt with stars and built that thing up. It's where he kind of built his name. But he probably never thought in a million years 
Then he'd be the interim guy, have that tag removed, coach maybe the greatest college football team of all time, and then make all that money. I mean, the guy was probably thinking, I've lived the dream. This is it. I've made it. And he had. I wonder if he would want to participate in that. Uh, That'd be a great question. I I think it all depends on, Michelle, just how murky and muddy that thing got down. And how much info is out there in the documentary. Yeah, because we heard a lot of things, speculation. You know, your Twitter timeline is full with mostly mess and and, uh, wrong information. So I don't know what was real and what was not with his time at the end, but I don't know if it's something he'd want to necessarily sit down and address. I don't know. Let's go to Philip in California. Philip, what sports documentary do you want to see that doesn't exist? Um, I'd say the Houston Astros cheating scandal. Like, how was it presented to the team? And, you know, how were they allowed to keep their championships? I think that was that's, that'd be a good one to come out. Philip, that's a great one. Jordan, I don't know about you, but I was so angry when that story came out and so invested in hearing the responses from the players and their lack of remorse. And as all the information continued to come out, I would just love to have all that put together in one documentary format. Yeah, I'd love to see that one, too. I'd like to figure out, you know, how it all happened uh, that ultimately led to their general manager and their manager uh, being fired in that one. Um, that, That was crazy. It was crazy because you just thought you were watching a ridiculously good baseball team. And the fact remains is, even after the fact, they were still a ridiculously good baseball team once more. Um, to me, I mean, obviously they won a World Series after that. To me, I, I, that story will be fascinating in the unraveling of it, how they got caught and how they just got exposed with egg on their face would be the most intriguing part of that one to me. Let's go to Isaac in Georgia. Isaac, what sports documentary do you want to see that doesn't exist? I want to see one through the OKC Thunder through the 2010s and during Durant and Russell Westbrook era. It's crazy that their team had two insane primes at the same time with anything. That's yeah, a really good love, one, Jordan. I would love that one too, Isaac. The only way that one sings to me is footage from those guys when they were together because those are some polarizing pieces in the NBA. I mean, you're talking – Harden is fascinating by his own right. KD might be the most talented player uh, walking God's green. And then you've got Russell Westbrook, who all of a sudden becomes the guy everybody loves to make fun of, as if they forgot this is one of the greatest basketball players and will be a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. This was all three of them in their prime, a couple of them still enjoying their prime. Uh, Russell Westbrook, certainly not that same player now. But to go back and think all three of those guys were together. Now that one? The Breakup is what I want to see. Breakup happens to be one of my favorite movies with uh, Vince oh. Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. Check it out. The Backdrop of Chicago, where I yes. lived for 15 years. But uh, I, I want to see Kevin Durant, when he says he's leaving Russell Westbrook, that I want to see. That part would be fascinating. So all these documentaries, I think, are going to be better if the players or the the people who are involved are talking a la The Last Dance. But that one specifically, I would love for each of those guys to be getting an iPad like Michael Jordan did and have them talk about... Oh, Jordan, are you with us? Did we lose you there? I'm here. Okay, there he's there. I got a word in my ear that we had lost you, but I would want to have Russell Westbrook watching a video of KD's comments outlining the breakup and then hear his response to it. Yes, because that would be fiery. That would be one. But then I'd also be there for the highlights, right, to watch those three 
the three-man weave, so to speak, of the highest of levels in which they were playing at. I mean, like we said, there was an expansion component there coming from Seattle down to OKC, but three guys who become three legit faces of this NBA since their time leaving OKC. Yeah, that'd be a great one. That would be an interesting one just to relive the glory of those three playing together. He's Jordan Cornett. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always get in touch with us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're going to be taking your calls throughout the show about a sports documentary that you want to see that does not exist. But coming up next, we heard uh, the Miami, excuse me, the Miami Heat took Oh, actually, we're going to pivot. The Kansas City Chiefs, they could have a documentary coming out about them one day about the dynasty that they are in slash building. We're going to find out what one of their players is saying about that next. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Is your mouth watering yet? I sure is. This is the Canteen Carlin Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michelle Smallman and Jordan Cornette with you on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always reach us on Twitter at ESPN Radio. You can follow me at M. Smallman and follow Jordan Cornette at Jordan Cornette. And Jordan, let's talk a little NFL. We've been talking a lot of NBA today, of course, after the Miami Heat, even the series, the NBA Finals, after winning Game 2 last night before the series shifts to Miami for Game 3, one game apiece for the Nuggets and the Heat. But let's talk a little NFL because while the NBA Finals are going on. Travis Kelsey was talking about the Golden State Warriors and their dynasty after they had won four championships, and he predicts that he and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, that they're going to be in that same conversation. Here's what he had to say on FanDuel TV. I would say, yeah, we're the Kansas City has been a dynasty for quite a while now, and um, obviously I'm biased <laughs> to that, but I think that uh, what Coach Reed has done, uh, when you put it up against what the Warriors have done, obviously we don't have as many championships right now, so uh, we got some work to do. So I think Pat Mahomes is definitely going to find a way to get more than four championships. Hopefully uh, I'm still along for the ride uh, by the time he gets there. 
Okay, Jordan, I know that you're a Joe Burrow guy. I know I know that you think the Bengals are probably going to win a Super Bowl at some point during this Chiefs window to win and what Travis Kelsey is saying is going to be a dynasty. But what do you think? How many Super Bowls do you think the Chiefs will win with Patrick Mahomes? Look, it wasn't really egregious in what Travis Kelsey was saying. He's on a dynastic group. They're always in the hunt. They have arguably the best player, and I do say arguably these days because it's up for debate who the greatest football player is currently, but a lot of people would point to Patrick Mahomes. He has him as his quarterback. He has Andy Reid as a a future Hall of Famer on the sidelines. Reason to be confident, no question. But my Bengals are just one of a few teams in a loaded AFC that are going to make it quite challenging for Kansas City to get even another title. I mean, you look at the Bengals. We, we had on Mike Tannenbaum, and he talked about how he thinks the Chargers out of the AFC West are one of those dangerous teams in their very division. Um, you, you look at the Ravens, what they're doing there. Lamar's back again. The Bills are going to be angry with what they did last year. They're looking to make a push. You see what the, the Dolphins have, and they're trying to have the audacity to go get Dalvin Cook? Watch <laughs> out for Miami. Uh, the Steelers are going to be better. The Jags are coming with Trevor Lawrence and that group. Looked great last year being a playoff team and are only getting better. I don't know. I love the confidence from Travis Kelsey. I listen to him talk, and I, I, I can only not help but see he's Gronk. I mean, he is this era's Gronk with Gronk no longer being that guy and out of the league who was lucky to be next to Tom Brady and Tom Brady lucky to have an otherworldly talent like Gronk. Gronk was the mouthpiece. Tom Brady was more in the shadows. Everybody wanted to talk about him, but he wasn't giving you the sound bites. Kept his head down and was great. Isn't that kind of the same thing that's going on in Kansas City? You know, Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. great. Everybody wants to talk about him, but he's not really giving you those splashy headlines. Business like does his thing. Uh, Again, Kelsey, lucky like Gronk to have that type of quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, lucky like Brady to have an otherworldly talent like Kelsey. Kelsey loves to talk. It's what he does. But I think it's going to be really hard for this team. But you got to agree, they're the team to beat right now, no question, Michelle. They are the team to beat, and if you're Travis Kelsey, why aren't you talking like this? You are coming off another Super Bowl win. You're looking at your team. You have all the confidence in the world that you and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid will be able to run it back. They they should have all the confidence in the world, and I expect them to put, portray that. What's, what's he going to say if he's asked that question? Actually, no, I don't think that we're capable of doing that. You know, it's hard to keep a team together, but it is, and that's where I think that he – potentially has it wrong, Jordan, is that it's so hard to keep the core of a championship team together. And even, as you mentioned, in the AFC, with all the talent that they're going to have to go up against, I think it's going to be hard for them to consistently even get into the Super Bowl, let alone win another one. Yeah, and that's where I was going with it is, look, in the NFC, the Eagles have to feel really good as they continue to build a super team that they could be that team in the in the driver's seat to get back and have another opportunity. But as for the AFC, it's a lopsided side. I mean, that conference is loaded. With a lot of talented QBs, a lot of talented teams, and teams that are vastly improving. So, look, if the Chiefs were coming out of the NFC, I think you could say it with a little bit more gusto, with a little bit more confidence. But the fact remains, the Chiefs are in that AFC. And even in their division, there's there's a lot of challengers. that. Maybe people thought there would be more challenging last year, and that didn't come to fruition. Uh, But I do believe the Chargers are dangerous right there in their division. And I look at the Bengals, I look at the Bills, 
I look at the Ravens because I do believe the Ravens are going to be one of those teams. You gotta have you have to look at the Dolphins. You just have to, and think this group is going to be dangerous. There's going to be a lot of potential obstacles for Kansas City, and that's what's going to make it really fun. It's fun for me as a Bengals fan. I mean, I, I believe that is a true rivalry. I hate that they're playing later in the season. I hate the scheduling and how that worked because I believe the Bengals and the Chiefs are a very fun rivalry, which has only grown having seen each other in the championship game the last two years, uh, one of them going each of the other team's way. There's been some trash talk there. Burrow and Mahomes are two of the most talented in the league at the quarterback position. I thought they should have played week one to start this thing off. I think it's a missed opportunity, but I see those two on again once once more for third year in a row, a crash course to play for an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to conclusions here, Jordan, and say that you think the Bengals are the biggest threat to this Chiefs dynasty. I think a lot of people would agree, Michelle. I mean, look, <laughs> you can call me a homer. I get it. I, I think there's other teams that people could throw out there. If I was going to go away from my Bengals, I do believe it's the Dolphins. I believe the Dolphins wow. could be, especially if they get Dalvin Cook. I believe that could be the biggest threat, if not Cincinnati. But, look, Cincinnati is going to be able to maintain the majority of that team. Biggest question mark would be defensively. They lose some key pieces. It's a very complex defense Anarumo has there with the Bengals. So I think questions are more so there than what's been their bugaboo, their offensive line. I believe having Orlando Brown come in at the left tackle position fortifies a lot for that group. I think for once that's not a concern. It's going to be about that defense. And if we want to be a factor for years to come, keeping Logan Wilson, keeping T. Higgins, keeping Jamar Chase, and the head of our snake without question, having Joe Burrow locked up forever is massive too. I think you're right in the immediacy. Long-term, though, I'm going to put my money on Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. I just see that arrow pointing up. Dougie P has got that thing moving in the right direction. The biggest threat. If if Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the next Patrick Mahomes, that's where I'm going to put my money is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Call me crazy. I, I won't. Not right, not right now, but in the future. He's Jordan Cornette. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, one of the namesakes of this show joins the show. It's Canty and Carlin. You're listening to ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.